You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Don't be all else to me, save that thou art. Gracious God, we thank you. We thank you for being with us even when we don't see you, even when we don't feel you, that you have not left us as orphans. And now, as we reflect on the words of Scripture, as we speak on Jesus, we ask you to be with us, warm our hearts, encourage us, open us to what you wish to do through the power of your Spirit. We ask it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Speaking about Jesus is, as I said, both difficult and easy. It's easy because, well, everyone wants Jesus on their side. Have you noticed that all the great movements in history have tried to claim that Jesus was behind what they were doing? Even the atheistic ones. It's fascinating to me. I went, to, I went to school. We have a whole realm of theology called um, uh, liberation theology. And it's basically how Jesus was a Marxist. Karl Marx would have been surprised. Everyone wants Jesus. No one really objects to Jesus in particular. But everyone objects to Jesus in particular. Because Jesus makes things particular, granular, focused on one place and an objective point of reference. Most of you know I lived the first half of my life relatively as an unbeliever. And when I would experience people wanting to talk to me about God, that was easy. I like talking about God. I could debate about God for hours. Talking about Jesus and it got very uncomfortable very quickly. And I thought back on that time and wondered why. And I, I, as I was preparing for this sermon, two experiences came to me from my early life, both of them involving my involvement uh, with marching band back in high school. We had a very competitive marching band, spent a lot of hours with those people um, over the course of months and months preparing for the big statewide competition. And um, in one of those, we were at band camp, uh, and we were, we were sitting down to lunch, and one person uh, sat down at the table and began to pray very, very loudly. And... I found myself being offended and wondering why and I realized that I was offended because I felt like they were praying because it was good for me to hear them pray and not so much because they really needed to pray in that situation. Like they were there to fix me and I was privileged to listen. Now another experience that didn't offend me at all involved far more people. We were in the, we were in the bus getting ready to get out and, and go onto the field for the state competition and some people at the back of the bus just started singing the Lord's Prayer. And it sort of rippled through the bus. Now, obviously, I wasn't participating, but most of the bus was. And this sort of just, it just swelled up around me. And that didn't upset me at all. And I I thought to myself in the same way, why isn't this upsetting me? 
One, I realized it was because that was just an expression of their faith before they engaged in this really important thing in their lives that we'd all been preparing for for months and months. All of our readings today are about sharing our faith in Christ. The first two are the classic apologetics text. I'm getting my doctorate in apologetics, meaning giving a defense of the Christian faith. 1 Peter 3.15, which you just heard and heard me talking about with the kids. Be ready to give a reason for the hope that is within you. But do it with gentleness and respect. Be ready to give that reason. Be ready to speak of Christ. And of course, in the book of Acts, we see St. Paul on the Areopagus or Mars Hill, as many of you may know it from other translations, speaking about Jesus to a group that was mixed. Some wanted to hear him, some didn't. how How do we engage in this part of living as a Christian in a way that has integrity and shows that gentleness and respect to others? Well, I think we can learn from the lessons, the lessons from Scripture today about what we're doing. In our reading from John, Jesus talks about how He is in the Father, and we are in Him, and He is in us. As we know that the great commandment that Jesus gives in the New Testament is, is to love one another even as I have loved you, we know that that's what's going on here, is this this relationship of love. Jesus and the Father, Jesus and us, and through that, our connection to the Father. So everything needs to be in love. We need to be living with Christ in love. Walking with Christ daily. Hearing His voice first and foremost from the Scriptures, and then, as our prayer life surrounds those Scriptures, we begin to hear the voice speaking inside of us, which is that witness of the Holy Spirit, bringing to mind Jesus' words from Scripture, or maybe words He never spoke, but because we know His character so well, He would speak in that situation. Living a life of love with Jesus provides us a foundation that lets us enter into conversations with people we don't necessarily agree with without being rattled by them. You wonder why politics has gotten to be so ferocious? It's because people are so threatened by the other side they can't engage the conversations at all. Better to shout them down than hear what they have to say and respond reasonably. We're told Paul was reasoning constantly as he went in the synagogues and on the streets in Athens. But when we are sure of our identity in Christ, then the identity of others doesn't threaten us. And if you've ever been in a conversation with somebody you radically disagree with, you'll know what I'm, what I'm about to say is true. Their vices threaten you far less than their virtues. Right? Because I, they're my enemy and they shouldn't have any virtues. But that's not what happens when Paul engages them at the Areopagus. Paul has drunk so deeply and listened so respectfully to the culture of the people in Athens that when he gets up to speak to them, he starts by complimenting them on how pious they are. I noticed all the gods on my way here. In fact, you even have a a shrine to an unknown god. Let me tell you about him. (laughs) 
because he's faceless to you, but he has revealed his face to us. Let me share with you. And so he comes not to upend their world, but to complete it. To finish the story of which they don't know the ending. He's drunk so deeply of their culture and understands them so well, he quotes their own best artists back to them. When he says, in him we live and move and have our being. I can't remember the name of the poet he's, he's quoting right now for some reason. It's one of those long something-something August names. You know, like the Greek names always end. He was one of the playwrights. He's quoting to them their own art and saying, I've listened to you. I, I love you enough to listen to you. He's earned a hearing with them before he ever shares what's in his heart. So he, he lives with Christ in love. He listens to others in love. And then he speaks the truth in love. It can't be easy to tell anyone it's time to repent. But do you notice when he says it? He doesn't skip the hard part about Jesus' story, but what he doesn't say is, you need to repent, but I'm fine. See, I think that was what was wrong with that that girl praying at lunch when I was a kid. (laughs) He says, we all need to repent. And we know from his letters that he thought of himself as chief of sinners in that regard. When we speak to each other of Jesus and even speak to others about Jesus. It needs to flow from the well of our living relationship with Jesus that gives birth to a character that can listen without anxiety in love to people we don't agree with. And then to be able to speak our peace with that gentleness and respect that comes from knowing I speak one sinner unto another, one beggar unto another who has just happened to find bread and wants to point my friend to it. Love surrounds all our speaking of Jesus. So that the things that make us anxious about speaking about Jesus... Don't cow us and keep us quiet. See, many of us don't speak about Jesus who are afraid we'll say the wrong thing and turn that person off from God forever. I can tell you when when I was rejecting, well, all God, but Jesus specifically, there's nothing that my friends could have said that would have overcome my objections. (laughs) But friends in college who weren't so ham-fisted maybe as that girl at the lunch hour when I was a kid and gently witnessed to me in their faith in Christ, the woman I eventually married who did that. God used their faithfulness to overcome my objections even, even when they didn't get me to the finish line. And that's not our job because we're not here to be a salesman for Christ. The good news about the gospel reading we just experienced is that God doesn't need a salesman, folks. He sells himself. Our job is not to sell. Our job is to speak. When we speak faithfully and truly, rooted in our experience and in the testimony of Scripture, God can give birth 
to faith in someone else through our words. There's an old preacher's story where Jesus heads back to heaven. Thursday's Ascension Day, if you don't know. We'll be celebrating it in church next Sunday. Jesus heads back to heaven after the resurrection. And uh, he shows up there and Michael, the Archangel Michael's like, Hey, God, nice job. Well done. He's like, thanks. So uh, what's the plan now? You, you did all this stuff. So how are we going to spread the news about what you did? Oh, I left 12 down there. They'll, they'll get the news out. You left 12? Yeah. Including Peter? The one who gets everything wrong? Yeah, I left him there too. Michael looks at Jesus and says, What's the backup plan? And Jesus says, There is no backup plan. If we are grateful for the relationship we have with Jesus Christ, we have someone else to thank who told the story. If we want someone else to have what we have and treasure, we shouldn't be afraid to share the story. If we go back to the coffee hour, if any of you are stopping there on your way through, and I hope you do because the food is wonderful, um, on your way out to your Mother's Day celebrations, I can talk to you at length and with no sense of shyness at all about the gospel of Miles Davis. I can share with you the gospel of Stevie Ray Vaughan or the Allman Brothers because I love this music and I have a passion to let other people learn to, to love it too. How much more so the one who has redeemed my life from the grave and offers me life eternal. Would you join me for a word of prayer? Lord, We've all spoken and heard this story so many times. We can lose the imperative to tell it again. To tell it to each other. For we need to hear it too. But Lord, grant us boldness and courage to enter into the space of those who reject you. And even to enter into those parts of our heart that continue to reject you and And let your spirit transform us by that gospel. Help us to know Jesus. And help us to share him with others. We give thanks to him for this that he has given to us in his name. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that Thou art. Be Thou my best thought in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, Thy presence my light.